No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Another great show lined up for us again. Things are beginning to open up a little bit. I'm pretty encouraged about how things are moving ahead after this COVID-19 pandemic has passed. It's not passed just yet. Still, we are seeing some supply line issues out there, but the economy seems to be picking up a little bit and the markets and the stock market. What do you think is the prognosis for the economy here in the short term through the rest of this year and then in 2022? Well, demand seems to be outstripping supply across the board, whether it's uh, skilled labor, materials, gosh, everything, even going to a restaurant anymore or trying to book a flight or a hotel room. They're, they're starting to fill up due to the time that nobody could do any of these things, of course, pent up demand and so forth. We're seeing I definitely prices are going up. All of that's happening. I think that the amounts, the percentages that prices are going up are being underreported because I see 4%, which everybody goes, wow, we have inflation of 4%. We haven't seen that in a while, and that's right. But uh, I can guarantee you, you probably think a lot of things that uh, went up in price a whole lot more than 4%. If you're listening right now, you go, oh, yeah. I tried to rent a car or I tried to, to fix something in my house or I tried to do this or that and the other. And boy, it uh, seems like a lot more than 4%. I wouldn't have noticed a 4% increase. 40% I noticed. And so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that. Well, it depends upon the sector, too. Some things are up 4%, while others may be up 400%. We were talking particularly about the cost of building materials and lumber and so forth. If you're building a house, having a house repaired, those costs are going up. Healthcare costs are going up as well, too. We have seen and enjoyed 2.1% interest rates in the recent past, but you're really thinking that 4%, which has been widely reported, is actually an underestimate. 
Yeah, I do. I, I think we're going to be hearing more and more about, oh, it's actually much higher. We've seasonally adjusted it or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's uh, And that's the inflation rate that we're talking about. Interest rates being separate from that, interest rates are being held down. With, uh, I have a lot of th- stuff to talk about here. There's, there's a lot going on with um, in the political realm about trying to essentially manipulate things like interest rates to keep it down so that we don't go farther into debt on our treasuries. And so the, the Fed makes sure that uh, they're manipulating interest rates down. I, I, I had to chuckle. I was reading about, you know, the stimulus packages and how we got to, you know, create all these jobs and stimulate the economy and borrow, borrow, borrow more money, you know, added onto our national debt. At the same time, a group of bipartisan Congress people are working on a bill to try and encourage people to go back to work because there's too many job openings that are left unfilled. I'm like, okay. We all just leave it alone. It's called capitalism. In capitalism, so right now, you know, we have, okay, we're going to extend unemployment benefits and make sure nobody misses out. But at the same time, we're going to borrow all kinds of money to give tax credits to incentivize people to go to work. So we're going to incentivize them not to go to work while spend money on that while we're incentivizing them to go to work at the same time. Now, okay, does that sound weird to anybody listening to <laughs> right now? You know, it, it's capitalism works. So, and, and basic common sense works. So let's, let's have a situation where I don't have any money coming in. I am hungry. I decide I want to take that job that, you know, you go around town. There are a million help wanted ads out there. And I will take that job and go to work and show up every day so I can get paid. That's what capitalism is. You want something, you're willing to work hard to get it. You work hard, you get it, you're fine. You know, that's how it works. We don't absolutely need the government to continually manipulate this equation. It's built into our our, our DNA that uh, if we want something, we will work to get it. It's built in. And that's what basically what capitalism is. Any other any other system outside of that takes away that basic thing that's embedded in our DNA uh, where you take away the incentive to work, you're not going to work. I mean, why would you? You know, so so I, I really just, I said I chuckled, I kind of cringe, I should say, instead when I read that we have competing uh, things going in to fix this thing called capitalism that would work just fine on its own. I understand there's some tweaks along the way that need to happen, but where they're, they're, they're working on definitely competing strategies, it just blows my mind. Well, as you said, Brian, you know, people are not planning for tomorrow. They're simply living for today and staying home and playing video games uh, certainly is not going to get you anywhere in the future as far as your career goes. So I think we have a problem here. What do you think is the answer to solving this problem? Well, I, I was recently talking about this issue with board of directors of Washington State University on one of their boards. And it was interesting. One of them pointed out that recently there's been some press about, hey, don't go to college. Don't take on college debt. College doesn't help you anymore. This the world's changed. Just go out and become a tradesman. Don't go to college. And I was like, Are you kidding me? So I pulled out my Bureau of Census report and it said, Okay, the average high school graduate without uh, any college makes forty thousand a year. If you have a college degree, you're at almost double that. And if you have an advanced degree, you're almost triple that. So you're over a hundred thousand a year on average. This is from the census, not forty thousand. Now I think about living today on forty thousand a year. I don't know. I it's possible people do it, but probably not well. Versus living on over a hundred thousand a year. These are averages. 
So how anybody can say that, oh, don't go get a college degree, looking at that statistic is ridiculous. That is irresponsible to say that. Now, not to say that everybody should go to college. It may not be your lane. Okay, your lane, it, meaning it's not something that comes easy to you, you're, it's not what you do, it's do well, whatever. The trades are a great place if that isn't your lane. Learn a trade, okay? Learn, be one of those people that can make really good money because people want your service. But we have too much of our population, in my opinion, that has not spent any time learning a trade, a skill, or gone to college. And so those folks are going to always struggle. They're always going to be at the poverty line. They're always going to be hoping for some kind of government assistance because you can't make enough, you know, $15 an hour, $10 an hour, whatever it is, that will never be enough. So the push has been to raise a minimum wage. But to me, the push should be get a skill, get a skill. If it can be a college skill, you'll probably make a lot more money. If you can't do college for some reason, it's just not your thing, then get a a trade skill, but get a skill. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Our show, of course, is called Growing Your Wealth. And this is a part of the program where we usually do a little commentary here. Brian, I want to talk a little bit in this segment about inflation, interest rates. As you said, 4% inflation, it could be misleading, that particular figure. But interest rates are also being held down. So uh, that's really pretty much not a great recipe, is it? No, it's not a great recipe. We're going to be talking about that later in the show today about uh, longevity risk. And, you know, we're going to have a situation where my prices for everything are going up. I'm retired. I'm not working anymore. I've got my money invested in interest-bearing things. The interest-bearing things aren't paying squat, but my cost of living is going up, up, up. And we're going to talk about longevity in that I think I'm going to live a lot longer than I was thinking I would maybe growing up because uh, people are living longer. And so I have to prepare for a whole lot more years than I thought I had to. And yeah, this recipe doesn't work real well where you're not getting the income that you need. You're living longer and inflation is back and, and growing. So there are some adjustments to be made, it sounds like here. In your plans, the new plans that you do, when you do account for inflation, are you considering that inflation now is going to be even higher than 4% as opposed to what you did uh, with plans maybe even just five years ago? We've always embedded inflation in our plans at higher than what it is for that possibility. And so, yeah, that is something we've always put into our plans already. But you're right. I, I may have to go back and, well, we have actually adjusted recently. We've increased, uh, we've added new line items for, you know, we ask people, how much do you spend? And they'll say, oh, I spend 100 grand a year. Okay. Well, now we're saying, no, you spend 120 a year because we're going to add health care in the future just because for whatever it is, where they're going to increase Medicaid, Medicare premiums, or they're going to increase copay, whatever it is, we think it's going to be higher and harder to get services, frankly. You know, we were talking about supply chain problems. It's in the labor world, too, and uh, finding skilled labor and to, to, you know, do everything that people want. So we, we're just embedding additional costs into our plans. If you have at least $500,000 to invest, you're looking to hire a new financial advisor and you want a complimentary plan, Madrona Financial Services is offering that plan. Again, no cost or obligation whatsoever. The number to call to get yours is 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also find out more about the firm and request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, 
We're going to be talking about protecting against longevity risk and more when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If taxes are keeping you from selling your highly appreciated income property, Madrona Financial Services has an exciting offer for commercial real estate owners. We have a team that's solely dedicated to helping real estate investors defer the taxes on the sale of their highly appreciated income property with a Delaware statutory trust. A DST qualifies as a 1031 like-kind exchange, so you can potentially defer your gains and reinvest them in income-producing commercial properties. And best of all, you can invest in a DST without any of the hassles or responsibilities of being a landlord or property manager. When you work with Madrona Financial Services, you'll be working with a team of CPAs and investment advisors with extensive DST experience. Now you have the freedom to sell your highly appreciated income property, still enjoy the benefits of investing in real estate, and potentially defer the taxes on your income property with a 1031 exchange. Learn more at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madrona1031.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about longevity risk. And Brian, you know, the risk of living too long, I mean, I've never heard of that until recently, at least until I began working with you, and it's become more prominent the last couple of years that that is something that people want to talk about. According to a recent study, 49% of Americans cite running out of money as their chief retirement concern, and this is directly related to longevity risk, because basically people are just living longer these days, aren't they? Yeah, and you know, that 49% is probably understated because that's the number of people that cite that as their primary concern. So on our questionnaires, we list about 12 to 15 concerns that are possible. And where do you rank these? And if it's not first, it's usually second. So it might be the 49% makes that first, uh, 25% have it second, another, you know, 20% have it third. And, and it's almost universal that, you know, we have a scale of zero to, to 10. And the fact generally again it's almost universal that the person's going to mark eight, nine, or ten as that being a concern of theirs, regardless of how much money they have. I mean, they could have ten million dollars, and I see that as an eight, nine, or ten. Where I see other things like inflation or funding for education or stock market crash or or uh, you know whatever it is, maybe a lot lower. They might be a one or a two or a three. 
And so that's the recurring theme. And one of the interesting things I was I was thinking about, we were talking about it during break, is uh, when Social Security came out, what, what was, you know, if I was a financial planner, what would be the age that I would pick for longevity, you know, for, for life expectancy? And the average life expectancy when Social Security came out, now Social Security started when you were age 65 when it started. And the average life expectancy, as I recall, in the United States was 66. That is amazing. So they were accounting for Social Security to pay for about a year of retirement. But these days, I can't think of anyone who doesn't have in their family someone who has lived well into their 90s. So when you do these retirement plans, let's talk about when you first started Madrona Financial. What were you running these retirement plans out to then versus today? Well, add another 15 years and make it 80. And so, yeah, back back uh, when I started in the 90s, uh, we would usually be talking, well, what, what do you want me to put for life expectancy? Uh, 80 sounds good. You know, I know a couple people made it to 85 or whatever. Okay, so we pick 80. That's not just the case anymore. So I know a lot of people who live well into their 90s, Brian. So when you account for longevity risk, you know, the risk of running out of money, how do you plan for that to make sure that people never run out of money? Well, now, yeah, we, we've switched it to 90 was our default. And then we had people complaining about that because they said, well, I've got relatives in my hundreds. So, okay. So now, you know, this keeps evolving. So now the question on our questionnaire is, we are going to run this through age 90. Is that okay? If not, tell us what the age should be. Now, often I'll say, I'll, I'll, and we'll have it for both husband and wife. And the husband might go, uh, 85 for me, 95 for my wife. And so, okay, because none of us know how long we're going to live, of course. But if you feel like, you know, you, you would know better than anybody what you think your own personal life expectancy could be, barring, you know, some kind of accident or cancer or whatever. And so that's that's all we can go with in our plans. But now, yeah, we're, we've bumped it up to 90 and we no longer make that the answer. We ask the question, too, to fill in your own. Otherwise, we'll just use 90. So let's say that someone's going to retire at age 65. I mean, you know, let's pick the number there. Some people retire sooner. Some people retire later. But if you live to be 90, if you live to be 95, I mean, that's 30 years, 25, 30 years. You've got 25, 30 years that you got to create a paycheck for. So does that really present a big challenge to you is how do I turn these assets into a 30-year paycheck? Well, yeah, I can because, you know, you, you think maybe you worked 30 years. And then you got to provide for 25 years of retirement or whatever it is. And most of those 30 years, you did not put a lot of money away. You were raising your family. You were paid for college. You were buying a house. You were living life, raising kids, whatever it was. And maybe you don't have a lot put away, but that's got to last as long as your working career lasted almost in many cases. So, uh, yeah, that's absolutely. And then we got to factor in inflation uh, on top of that. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's definitely when I do a plan, we'll talk about a, a situation I had recently, but when, when we do a plan, we do have to account for cash flow and inflation going forward. It's not just about, yeah, yeah, which stocks should I buy to have the highest potential for growth? That to me isn't financial planning, although most financial planners, that's what they want to talk about is which annuity to buy or which stocks to buy and that kind of thing. To me, that's just that's just a, a product. That's, that's a product discussion. I, mean, I can have that all day long. But the real questions are about the planning itself and the what ifs and having uh, adequate uh, cash flow, security, growth and liquidity, uh, tax savings, uh, s- s- legacy planning, all these other 
the the what if scenarios, as I mentioned, what if you pass away early? How, is your spouse okay? Are your kids okay? Whatever. Having those is what financial planning is to me. So when you account for longevity risk, and that's, you know, having a retirement that may be 30, 35 years, you're not only planning for cash flow, you're not only planning for a paycheck. But if I'm hearing you correctly, Brian, there are other things that you plan for which don't necessarily have to do with an increasing paycheck. Yeah, there is a ton of stuff that, you know, whether you know we're going to have trusts and, and how they're going to work and who's going to be the trustee. And uh, is that going to create family issues? All kinds of legacy things because, you know, we're, we're on this planet for a finite period of time and many of us uh, feel a strong legacy wish that we leave a good legacy, whether it's to our children or our favorite charities. And it's a very, very common theme amongst people that that is important to them. Uh, we, we ask the question in our questionnaire also, is it important to you to leave money to your children? And 95% plus of the people that respond say, yes, absolutely. And so uh, that is something to to consider. And that has very little to do with which stock to buy and which mutual fund to buy and all that kind of thing. So uh, knowing these things, uh, making sure we have the, the will or living trust, durable power of attorney, health care directive in place, proper trustees, proper executors, proper everything. That's just one step of the process. That's just a legacy thing. Having the products centered around properly going to your kids, making sure that the money's there. Or maybe you have a charitable intent. Uh, should I gift directly? Should I set up a donor advised fund? Should I donate stocks directly? Should I donate IRA directly to avoid the required minimum distribution taxation, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's just one one sliver of this is, is just the legacy issue, let alone the you know dealing with the longevity risk, cash flow, and all those other things we're talking about. So being retired for 30 years, I mean, living a long time and a long, fruitful life, it is more than just planning for a paycheck, as you said. I mean, you can easily probably plan for someone to get a paycheck for 30, 35 years if the person is set up properly, but there are all sorts of other things that go into that too. I want to talk about people saving for retirement. Now, as I recall, a few years ago, you went to Washington and you did talk about encouraging people to save for retirement. And now I'm seeing, I don't know if you've seen this, but there is a bill apparently floating around out there that would make it easier for uh, employer plans to offer qualified annuity contracts. It's called a, a QLAC. Have you heard about that? Yeah, in fact, that is what I talked about with my two senator and three House meetings that I had there was talking about why are the rules set up that if you're working in a place for a long time, you don't have access to put your IRA fund, your 401k funds, uh, retirement money into those kinds of products that will pay for a lifetime. In other words, you can't fund your own pension because you're working somewhere, somewhere that doesn't have a pension. Your money's in a 401k plan. They'll let you buy stocks and bonds, but they won't let you buy anything that looks or sm- smells like a pension. So like a lifetime annuity or a fixed index universal life or something like that until you're age 59 and a half, which is too late for a lot of these to do a lot of good because you haven't given the insurance company the time with your money to be able to give you a good promise of lifetime cash flow. And so it was like, wow, you, you, we're basically incentivizing, again, manipulating the, the rules to make it harder for us to put money away that we would receive monthly checks the rest of our life. We, Congress has, had decided to let's make this impossible for you to do 
until it's too late to really do a good job with it. We're going to force you to put it in stocks and bonds. But at the same time, they don't like the stock market because they won't invest any of the trust funds or Social Security money or any other money in the market. Yet they're manipulating the market to say our 401k plan has to be in the market and cannot be in these other areas. So yeah, those were the meetings I, I did have with them. It is interesting to see that now we're actually seeing them saying, oh, maybe we should allow people while they're working to be able to fund their their uh, pension-like benefits in their 401k plans, which is what you just brought up. Yeah, that's called the Securing a Strong Retirement Act, and that is a bill that's being floated out there. I think it is long overdue, and it's interesting that you went to Washington, talked about that, and at the time, I think there was maybe only one person who seriously sat down and listened to you, but now it is coming to fruition. So I think you probably did some good, don't you think? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure I'll not see my name on any of this stuff, but if nothing else, hopefully I planted a seed somewhere when uh, during those meetings. But you're right. Not everybody was really engaged when I was talking right. to them about that stuff because most of the time they're, they're in a big hurry and like, well, how do I make any money on this for my campaign to get reelected? Sure. Come on, you know. Brian, you're just talking common sense. I, we don't do that here. We we need to get reelected. I I like I like uh, these these hallways. Common sense in Washington D.C. sometimes do not go hand in hand. If you're concerned about running out of money in retirement, you're concerned about longevity risk, market risk, tax burden. Call Madrona Financial Services for a complimentary review. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least five hundred thousand dollars or more to invest. Again, doesn't cost you anything for that review. Eight four four Madrona is the number to call, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. No cost, no obligation whatsoever. And you can also find out more about the firm online and request your plan there at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a really quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. When you're researching something, weeding through all the available information can be daunting especially when it concerns your retirement. What you want is a thorough analysis from an expert. Good news. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has done that for you in his recently published ebook series, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. You can get your free copy by calling 844-MADRONA today or visit madronafinancial.com to download your free copy. The Inside Retirement Investing ebook series covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. Call now to secure your free copy, 844-MADRONA. Madrona Financial Services provides a one-stop integrated approach to retirement planning. Schedule a complimentary no-obligation financial review to get on the path to achieving your retirement goals and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks by calling 844-MADRONA or by visiting madronafinancial.com. If the fuel gauge in your car was broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? You know, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. At Madrona Financial Services, we want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Madrona Financial, we have insurance-based solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for your loved ones. And as a CPA and personal financial specialist, we scrutinize every product we offer. 
If you want to learn how to create a secure lifetime income stream, protect your money from market losses, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary meeting today. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. We'll arrange a meeting at one of our three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about longevity risk. And Brian, that's an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people. I mean, I would think that I'm going to live a long, long, healthy life. But I do think about the day that, you know, maybe I'm not healthy and I'm not going to continue to live forever. I don't have a a crystal ball here, so I can't tell you the exact age. However, there are some people out there who really think that they're going to live forever and they want to plan like that. You recently had a person that you spoke with here at Madrona Financial who had that very idea. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to every coin. There's, there's, uh, as we talk about on the show all the time, whether we're talking about products and and solutions, there's always pros and cons, pluses and minuses, two sides. And so we're we're talking about we were talking about longevity risk on this show and and the risk of you know outliving your money and what are some of the things we can do and. And certainly we, we, we can spend more time talking about that as, as far as, you know, what inflation will do if you live a long time, whether you're going to have adequate cash flow. Do you have security? Do you have money coming in? Do you have the proper annuities, pensions, combination of that with Social Security, with fixed index universal life payments, rent payments, whatever those payments are, are they adequate if you live a long time? Now, the flip side of that uh, kind of occurred to me when I've been helping this person and they were selling their business. And they'd had this business a long time and it was successful beyond anything they ever thought would happen. And uh, they got well over $5 million for it. And uh, uh, about $5 million of that sales price was allocated to their real estate, which was fully paid off and all this stuff. And so we were talking about uh, Delaware Statutory Trusts and doing 1031 exchange into passive real estate so that he could get his monthly checks. And we were talking about, oh, those monthly checks could be pretty substantial, 18, 20 grand, you know, a month or whatever it was. And so talked about that and, and he was like, yeah, but, uh, you know, what, what's the appreciation on this stuff? Well, uh, generally it's, you know, commercial property. It's not going to have huge appreciation, but the people that are doing Delaware statutory trusts are at a point in their life where they don't want to be landlords. And they want the cash flow coming in. They want a diversified portfolio of real estate, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, well, I think I could get a lot higher return just investing in local real estate. I said, you know, I think you're right. You absolutely probably can get a higher rate of return. But let's think about this. The guy was 73 years old. And I said, do you want to start a new career in real estate at age 73, investing long term in real estate for the rest of your life? What is important to you? Has that changed? You see, we a lot of us get, you know, it's a normal thing that if you're an entrepreneur and you're a business person, you think about growth. You think about growing your investments. You think about, which is always a good thing. But is it always the primary thing throughout your life? It, it probably was in this person's life when he was 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. What about when he's 80? Is he going to care? 90. 
if he lives to be that long, is it going to matter how much money he has? I always, we term it uh, being the richest guy in the graveyard. Has your priority changed? Do you have a paradigm shift? And so we started talking about that and he's going, you know, you're right. What do I, I just got $8 million selling my business. What do I care uh, about my rate or re- potential rate of return if it's going to cost me my time now that I'm in my mid-70s, my time and my energy and my stress and and let alone trying to find properties to buy. You know, if you're doing 1031 exchange, you've got to have an offer accepted on your property within 45 days of your sale. Good luck in this real estate environment finding a deal. Uh, he wasn't going to find one anyway, but you know, aside from that, even if it wasn't that, you might be at an age where uh, making these decisions has changed. You don't have to think the same way you thought 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. That may have changed. And so a lot of my financial planning discussions are, are, are frankly, life-changing because if we didn't have this discussion, I have a, I have a strong opinion he would have gone back into business and his, his you know, retirement years wouldn't be what they could be. Yeah, well, you talk some sense into him, and we both know people, and particularly a person who this is what their whole life is defined by. They can't imagine ever not owning and operating real estate doesn't make any difference whether they're 70 or 80 years old. I mean, they have the wherewithal to have people mop out the front hallway, but they're doing it themselves because they have to be in control and they have to do it. This is what defines their life. But it sounds like that this fellow came to the realization that he is not going to live forever and that 73 may not be the age that you want to start, you know, chasing toilets, tenants, and trash, and painting, and roofs, and all that sort of thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit it right on the head now. And, and I'm not, we're not uh, life coaches here necessarily. We're not telling you, you should do X. If you're a certain age, you need to quit being a landlord. No, some people, that's their fun. I, I don't understand that personally. It would not be fun to me. I have been a landlord in my, in my lifetime. I'm not anymore, and I'm very thankful for that. I did not like it. And so uh, some people, they really like it. Great. Good for you. But I would suspect that most people would agree that there are better things to do with your time in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s than toilets, trash, tenants, and all of that. And most people, given the option, will give up a little potential rate of return by being a retired landlord. As long as their cash flow is adequate, they have time now. They have less stress. They have better diversification. There's so many good things to passive real estate that uh, you don't have to deal with it and still get the benefits of owning real estate, plus the tax benefits if you're doing a 1031 exchange, Delaware Statutory Trust. You don't pay the tax on the sale of your real estate, your investment real estate. So that's a huge thing because one of the things that we also talked about is he said, well, what if I don't don't do a DST and, and what if I don't want to be a landlord? Can I just take the money? And I said, sure, you can take the money and, and uh, pay the tax. He said, well, yeah, but I have to pay over $2 million of tax, and that's just gone. I said, yep, that's gone. But the big question is, all right, you had your five-plus million, you paid $2 million in tax. Okay, now what? Do you put it in a CD? Because you just said you don't want to be buying land, uh, real estate. You don't do the stock market. He wasn't interested in that. Bonds don't pay much at all. He's kind of getting on uh, in years to buy an annuity for it to make any sense. He's too old to apply for a fixed index universal life policy for it to make any sense. Now we're down to, okay, I get 1% at the credit union on a CD. Uh, uh, I think you told me that my DST would give me 18 grand a month. And, and you're, you know, if I put, uh, what, you know, 3 million net of tax into a CD, I, I get uh, 2,500 a month. <laughs> that's, that's not a great solution. And I'm out 2 million bucks. So 
you know, here's a here's an example of, and that's probably what would have happened if we didn't have our phone call. This could be life-changing, not only for him and his wife, but generationally having the right discussion points. And I wasn't telling him what to do. I was saying, these. I'm going to lay out your options and the what-ifs and, and what, what could happen. And the one that has the most potential growth is you continuing to work and finding real estate. Great. But that was not what he wanted. And once we had the discussion, it came to him, that isn't what I wanted. And that was awesome to get there. But that's, you know, I, I love this story in, in, in how... We, we had a meeting of the minds by the end of it. It made sense. Lots of common sense. Uh, lots of tax discussions. Lots of investment. What ifs? Uh, what are the different alternatives? And he came to a great conclusion at the end. And it's going to be important for, again, for him, his wife, and generationally. Yeah, and that's so important that you're able to talk about all those different aspects of investing beyond just getting, you know, guaranteed lifetime income. But there's so many things to living 30, 35 years post-retirement that you got to consider. How has the Delaware Statutory Trust arena changed in recent years? Well, we did have a little supply chain disruption in that, too, because it used to be I had a whole bunch to pick from. And then a COVID hit and nobody was doing lending, building inspections, appraisals. No one was working for a while, as you recall. So that put a disruption. I mean, not to say I don't have adequate diversity to, to pick from. It's just a little uh, skinny right now. So there's a lot of competition because people are starting to learn about this nationwide. We were certainly one of the early adopters. When I started doing DSTs, I didn't know anybody. I'd never met anybody that ever heard of them. Whether you're a financial advisor, a CPA, or a real estate person, no one had ever heard of them. And I had people arguing with me whether they even existed. I had an attorney from the East Coast. His, his, we had a mutual client, and he was reading me out about how I'm, it's snake oil, he called it. It, it, it doesn't defer, it doesn't defer the tax. It's blah, blah, blah. This DST doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. And I finally said, okay, um, you just said something about a deferred sales trust. Yeah, it doesn't work. I said, I agree with you. He says, aha, I told you it doesn't work. I said, this is a Delaware statutory trust. You're talking about deferred sales trust, section 456. <laughs> I said, wrong DST. And he was like, oops. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This attorney was like, oh, oh. <laughs> he was just dying. He, he didn't know he had met his match because he didn't know who I was. Well, yeah, he didn't know you were an accountant either, too. I mean, there's nobody better suited to talk about taxes and investments than you because you're both a CPA and certainly an investment advisor. Yeah, I was ripping out the code section of the thing he was talking about. I knew exactly what he was talking about. It was installment sale. That doesn't give you the tax deferral. It just, you know, for a step up. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, he put his, his tail between his legs on that one. I said, yeah, uh, not code section 456, revenue ruling 2004-86. And he was like, oops. <laughs> and so, yeah, he didn't know you were reading the tax code on the beach when you were in your 20s. Yeah, uh, he just yeah. didn't know that. Boy, yeah, I listen to myself sometimes on this radio and go, what a nerd. But hey, it's great. You know, it sure comes in handy sometimes. Well, it all paid off. It's good cocktail party conversation there. When it comes to a DST, one of the most important parts of that is being able to use the 1031 exchange. And I think the 1031 exchange is great, but it seems like whenever there's an opportunity for tax savings that it, you know, goes on the chopping block. Is there any whisper that the uh, 1031 exchange may go away? Yeah, President Biden would like to do with all of the uh, tax advantage things we, we talk about on this show, essentially uh, more than doubling capital gains rates, eliminating 1031s, DSTs, eliminating step up in basis. Essentially, it is for millennium, people have passed down assets to their children. 
And that is what our, you know, we've always done. And there's been an estate tax along the way for certain people, but for most people, they don't pay that. Now, in the state of Washington, a lot of people pay it, though, because we have a special estate tax in the state of Washington with a much lower threshold than most every other state in the country. Now, the, the push is to eliminate the ability for generational transfer to a 50% degree, essentially, that there would be about half of what you want to leave your kids would now go to the government if you have uh, enough assets. And so that's the push now that instead of generational transfer, it'd be governmental transfer. That's uh, akin to confiscation of assets. That's where socialism starts. So be wary if you're listening and, and paying attention. Socialism is starting now with the changes of the Biden administration, what they're proposing to eliminate the step up in basis so that generational transfer essentially is negated to up to, to half of what it was before. So I think the takeaway here is uh, get while the getting is good, I guess, and while these programs are still in effect, if you are an active landlord and you're interested in knowing more about the Delaware Statutory Trust and how it may work for you, we do have a website for that. It is madrona1031.com, madrona1031.com. Also, if you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest. You are encouraged to take advantage of the opportunity to get a financial plan at no cost and no obligation to get yours Call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, or research the firm online and request your plan there at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Brian Evans with Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. This week, I'm talking about real estate in the Puget Sound. Previously, I talked about the increases in home values for the year ended June 30th. And on the east side, it was nearly 40%. And North King County was over 40 Seattle was about 11%. Then I talked about average home prices in Seattle. It's close to 900000 On the east side, it's over $1.3 million right now. Today, I want to talk about condo prices and so forth. So percentage changes aren't as dramatic there in Seattle. The average percentage change was about nine and a half percent. It was actually the same on the east side, which is interesting because housing prices on the east side went up 40 percent, but condo sales did not increase much at all, just uh, under 10 percent. North King County came in at about 20 percent, southwest King County about 15 percent increase, but the southeast King County was the whopper at 30 percent increase. Part of the reason is it's more affordable there. Now, I talked about prices in Seattle being, you know, 900000 for the average house or the east side over $1.3 million. Uh, condos are much more reasonable. So in Seattle, the average uh, condo sale over the last year was about 500000 On the east side, about five fifty. dollars uh, North King County, only three sixty. dollars Southwest King County, two seventy, dollars And southeast King County, three fifty-seven. dollars so we're seeing a lot of unaffordability when it comes to residential properties. But when you look at the condo market, there is still some affordability there and the prices have not increased as much. 
Get your copy of Madrona's latest books, the Inside Retirement Investing Series. These books cover everything from the basics of retirement planning, investing, taxes, and so much more. Arm yourself with information. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about long-term care. And Brian, a lot of people listening to this going, well, I'm never going to need long-term care. I'm healthy. I'm vibrant. And, you know, it's just not going to happen to me. I've got a quarter here. I'm going to flip it. Heads, it's me that goes into long-term care and tails, it's you. By the way, it came up heads, so it looks like I'm going to go in before you, but you may need it as well, too. What are the statistics telling us about who's going to need long-term care? Yeah, you hit it on the head there. It's 50%. So <laughs> there's two of us here in this room, Jeff. It's you or me. There's 100%. 50 and 50 is 100%. Both of us are going to need it at some point in time. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 50% of people need long-term care. Uh, but, you know, the time period of that can yeah. vary. Of course, the average stay for a man is much less than a woman, for instance. But these are all averages. And unfortunately, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how much when I'm talking to somebody, how long they're going to live, if they're going to need long-term care. How long are they going to need it? What quality of care? Is it home care? Is it nursing home? Is it, you know, is it both? Will it be a long progressive thing that they need various levels? These are, you know, unknowns. And so we need to talk about it to just know that if that happens to some degree that you have something in place. That's why we're talking about long-term care. And there are basically four ways to pay for long-term care. The first one is just write the check right out of the hip pocket, but most people really aren't plumb to do that. When you do these financial plans, do you put into place some sort of ability to self-fund long-term care if someone should need it? Well, yeah, we have that discussion, and sometimes it's obvious. Maybe you don't have enough money to afford long-term care, whether it's an asset-based plan where you write a big check all at once and then you're done or whether it's a monthly kind of plan where the rates will go up higher and higher as you age, which can be problematic later when you're older and you don't have a lot of money and you're having to write a whole big checks and they start jacking the rates on you and you're getting closer where you might need it is where they're going to charge you the most. And so those plans, you know, they have some risks there. So a lot of people like the asset-based plan. They, they might come to me and go, well, yeah, I'd like that. 200, and I say, well, maybe it's $200,000. And they go, Oh, well, that's all the money I have. That's I can't do that. I'm like, okay. So for those folks that can't afford it, yeah, they're probably not going to buy the plan. Conversely, I might have somebody with $10 million and they say, well, can't I self-fund a hundred, you know, 10 grand a month? I, yeah, totally. So you don't need it either. So, but the mass affluent, we'll call the mass affluent, most people listening, there is probably a, it's a good idea to look into this to make sure that maybe you, you should get a policy. And certainly we'll be talking a little bit here about the new Washington state tax law changes on this to where more and more people are going to want to look into it within the next few months. So as we said, you can write the check every month, but here in this part of the country, I know it's relatively expensive. Do you have clients who have relative spouses that are in long-term care, and do you have an idea of how much it costs on a monthly basis? Yeah, I mean, a nursing home can run uh, 10 grand a month. So you know, certainly you can get ones that are less than that. In-home care can vary based upon how much you need. So it can be very expensive. And so that is that is definitely something, again, to consider. Now, 
you know, if, if, if you're in long-term care again, there's a time period that, that maybe you're in it and so forth. So uh, this is just something that everybody kind of has a different opinion about whether they want to fund this or not. But think about it. I mean, if you are older in life and your kids are responsible for you and, and a lot of people's long-term care is their children or their aging spouse, this is not ideal. You think about putting that burden on your kids when they're trying to make it in this world, working full time. So often someone has to quit their job. It can affect them generationally. It can really devastate their own, your kids' retirement, because they not because of, of anything else other than they might have to quit the job to take care of you because you didn't t- think about uh, providing for long-term care or couldn't or whatever the reason, but it's not there. That could be very devastating. And again, often it's a spouse. In my own family, you know, my parents didn't have uh, long-term care or anything close to it. And they weren't going to take any help from me. You know, they're kind of old school that way. And when dad had uh, dementia and mom's taking care of him and, and uh, you know, my little old mom is, is you know, in her 80s. She's she's four feet ten. And my dad is, you know, was, you know 6'2", 250 at one, one time. And, and uh, that was not easy for her at all. She got family help. Uh, my brother David and Barry, you know, they helped out a lot. I did what I could. And so, um, you know, he passed away eventually. But it sure would have been nice if they had some long-term care and, and dad could have been somewhere else because uh, my mom wasn't again going to take money from me or anybody else and she was going to going to suck it up but so that 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 can be devastating so it is something we definitely think about and talk about well when it comes to long-term care policies there are some downsides to that and age does certainly matter a 65 year old couple can purchase a policy for around 4800 bucks a year on average but the same policy would be around 8700 dollars per year if the couple waits until age 75 are there any other reasons that long-term care policies just don't work all the time? Yeah, and, and you put out those uh, averages as to average That's policy. Average. The average policy does not come close to covering your long-term care. That's just to get some, to take some of the sting out. I mean, if I could get long-term care for that kind of price, boy, I'd sell it all day long to everybody if it took care of everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And so that's the other thing. It, it might take a portion of the sting out. And so that, you know, I want to make sure I pointed that out when you when you quoted those those figures there. And it is true, if you wait too long to buy it, you're not going to get coverage because they're looking for reasons not to sell to you. You're you're older. You you have some health, you know, things. If you bought it at age 45, everything was working well and you were young, it's a lot cheaper than if you try and buy it at, at 65. Maybe you had some kind of cancer scare or something like that. And they say, and you go, well, I'll just wait till I'm 65 and I'll buy it then. And they might go, nope, denied. And you go, what? I don't have any? I can't get it? Nope, you can't because you had some thing, some health issue that they don't want to cover you. So definitely earlier is better. And certainly uh, with the new Washington State uh, long-term care payroll tax that is coming into effect, a lot of people are going to want to look into getting long-term care on their own prior to November 1st, which is the deadline. Otherwise, you will be paying this tax on all of your wages for the rest of your life in the state of Washington. So if I recall correctly, Brian, you talked about this. It's 0.58% of your wages. Is that right? Yes, currently. 
And in the future, I will go to to Vegas. I will put all the money I have into that rate is going to go up over time. I've never seen a Washington tax. It didn't go up over time uh, once it's introduced. It gets introduced. Oh, it's just a small amount. Uh, you won't notice that. Before you know it, <laughs> you're like, oh, all we have to do is raise the taxes. They're already on the books, and that'll pay for everything we want. And that's what happens. So this tax will go up. It's going to be on all your wages the rest of your life. The long-term care itself will have very, very little effect positively for anybody paying into this. It's not designed to provide long-term care for the people paying into it. It's designed to decrease the amount that Washington State has to pay into the Medicaid system by getting the money from taxes, and then most of this money is going to go to administration. It is a terrible tax. It's a terrible policy. It is not long-term care. So if you want to get out of this tax, you can if prior to November 1st, you buy your own long-term care policy. Now you have two choices. You can either buy a real long-term care policy that's meaningful to you, your spouse, and your heirs, your kids, whatever, or you can buy a minimum policy just to get out of this tax that really doesn't provide great long-term care. It gives you something that the state doesn't give you anything for, really. So 0.58%, that'll quickly become uh, 0.65, then uh, 0.79 and 0.82. It's just going to go up and up and up. Another way to pay for long-term care is if you're a veteran, there's something called aid and attendance. So check with your Veterans Administration about that to see if you qualify. Finally, Medicare. A lot of people think, well, I've got Medicare. That's going to pay for my long-term care, but that's not all it's cracked up to be, is it? No, you know, for a few months it will, and then that's it. It's not meant to be a long-term care policy. It's just a short period of time, uh, maybe 100 days. Medicaid will kick in if you need it, but Medicaid kicks in when you run out of money. And so, as I said earlier on the show, most of my clients want to leave money to their children. It is built into our DNA to want to have a legacy and leave them something. And if you're going to leave them with you know, parents that are in long-term care using up all of the assets they intended to leave to you, and then go on Medicaid and have minimal, you know, living environment and uh, through that program and nothing left for you but a lot of stress and stuff, then okay, then do that. But you might, again, if you have the wherewithal to buy long-term care, look into that now because you're not getting any younger. Uh, now would be better than five years from now, 10 years from now as far as the cost of that. I guarantee you that. Another one of those things I'll go to Vegas and <laughs> guarantee that it'll it's going up. So, You'll never be healthier or younger than you are today. So look into it today if you have that wherewithal, because it could be a very important thing down the road. So when it comes to paying for long-term care and asset-based long-term care insurance policy might be an answer there too. Would an immediate annuity cover expenses in the event that you need long-term care? Well, you can do an immediate annuity. That, That just provides cash flow if you had a lump sum. And so that might be what you're forced to do if if you have that. But Boy, you'd have to have a lot of money put away. I mean, we think about if an immediate annuity pays, say, 3% of what you put in and you're at, you know, 10000 a month, well, just, uh, yeah, just go ahead and grab $3.6 million out of your savings account, stick it in an immediate annuity, and you're, you're fine. You know, what I, I don't know the exact math off the top of my head, but it's a lot of money. So I, I would say uh, that's not planning, that's reacting. 
investing, and, and I would rather have planning ahead of time. If you would like to hire a new financial advisor, you've got at least $500,000 or more. You can get a comprehensive, complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, out of time for this week. I want to thank everybody for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out there, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe you should never worry about running out of money in retirement. Retirement should be spent doing what you love with the people you love. The CPAs and financial advisors at Madrona Financial Services want you to know that with proper financial planning, that's exactly what you can have. Their goal is to do everything they can to help you achieve a financially secure future. They have many tools and ways to help you reach your retirement goals, from guaranteed lifetime income streams and protection against market losses to alternative real estate investments and strategies to minimize your taxes. With the Madrona Bundle of Services, they have everything you'll need to plan for retirement under one roof. So schedule your complimentary meeting today and get back to enjoying your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll arrange a meeting at one of their three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future at madronafinancial.com.